dishing out what they call banter and repartee. TC and Jake have become, in two short years, the most listened to rock and roll morning show in the entire Southwest. Hey, can we talk about your personal life? Yeah, why not, man? Why I wanna, not? I want to. I want to delve in and uh, 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 challenge decisions you've made, and just just be an all around fun guy who's enjoyable to talk to. Yeah, I think that's. We've been doing this this song and dance for nearly ten years. So, what issues do you have with me today? Uh, you your wife said you're not embracing biking. What's biking? Just riding a bike. Oh. Uh, I just feel like with your new house, you're in a perfect spot where like it's it's probably too far to walk to downtown Grapevine. It's very easy to bike to downtown Grapevine. You could walk. It's not, but it'd be more just, pleasant to bike. Yeah, but then when you get down there, I mean, you've been down there. There's like through the main street. It's there's a bunch of like s- stairs up and down and fucking. I just don't. I'm not a fan, man. I'd rather walk. I don't like the exercise bike at the gym. I've always hated it of any kind. The uh, the good ones and the bad ones. It just I just don't like it. I just feel like there's you know I I aspire to be someone who like uh, is fucking snitch able to bike. <laughs> well, there was there was something came up where I was like you should bike it because I and I feel like if you're just talking about. Uh, you, your guys in your living situation, that's going to come up a lot. You know, I was like, how come you guys didn't go down to the 9-11 memorial? And she's like, well, Shut it was too far. And I was like, goddamn 9-11 memorial. <laughs> just, just bike it. <laughs> uh, and she was like, Jake does bike. Yeah, and also, I mean, you got to, if you're going somewhere, the two of us, if we're just out, we're going to go out and have a nice, enjoyable afternoon. You got to have the fucking baby with you anyways, which, you know. I see an easy answer to that one. What? The... Fucking gay ass baby attachment. A little sidecar? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you'd be better off putting them on your back, but um Or like E. T. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I just don't I don't I think I'm probably afraid at this point that I've been so Am far. Am I allowed out of to call game. things gay ass? I think so. Okay. Well I think so. I'm sorry to anyone who's who's offended. gonna fire you. That's a great point. Uh that lady who uh that lady whose husband was Troy Aikman's agent. yeah well uh that was uh, i i was just a contract employee for a short time with her so is a a, yeah a one one off i i don't know i think also there's a lot of bullshit embedded in the phrase it's like riding a bike because i'm not positive i would be like totally proficient right now (laughs) i think you could work it out in an afternoon i could work it out uh but there's the danger of injury but also it's just what are you gonna? Then you gotta chain that shit up down there. That's why the line bike was really pretty underrated, in my opinion. And I wish Grapevine would embrace it for your sake. But even then, though, you're it's that not deal like there's dead? gonna be. Uh, We're just scoots. Yeah, I think that they just felt like the scoot was a bigger market. I haven't seen any bikes in forever, dude. I mean, I got to a point where at the old house, uh, the track down the street uh, at the school where I ran. Uh, ran the sprintsies mm-hmm. i would drive down there. oh god damn it what are you doing because i was like okay if Getting i the max amount of exercise there yeah well i gotta drive a block to exercise well my thought was if i have 35 minutes here why spend seven of it walking down and seven of it walking back what if i, I drive down in one minute and now i just juiced up 12 extra minutes of hundies yeah and i mean that's and there's something there but and the other thing is when it's like 100 degrees outside i can just hop right back into that cool ac rather than having to walk home sweating after i just sweat i don't really like being in a car during the summer to be honest with you yeah what about this guy were you i know you were never but what about guy like in high school probably jeep guy but not always jeep guy Mm -hmm. no shirt in the car guy <laughs> yeah, uh, sounds great. I, there was a lot of those in North Richland Hills, Richland Hills, Watts. I mean, I, a lot of them. I totally get why you don't understand. It's a Jeep thing. Yeah, you wouldn't understand. Is it what is more, as you said, and I want to be clear, you said <laughs> gay ass. <laughs> the uh, the Jeep, I don't think I did the Jeep salute or the motorcycle salute. 
Um, Jeep guys Jeep, used to give Jeep the, salute. They used to give yeah, the two finger. No, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think I learned about it like two weeks ago on this podcast, but I am I I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that that's way more gay. Um, would, or gay ass, or what are you <laughs> gonna go with here? You fucking bigot. <laughs> yeah. No, Dirtbag no. left bigot. I'm sorry. Um, I kind of respect the motorcycle thing. It and it because it's low. You know, there's something about the and low just, that's more like, hey, brother. It, it, but the if, up you're, top, if you're it, driving a motorcycle, you're taking on some amount of risk, yeah. like more so than than just regular driving, and like stupidly so, no one's making you do it. It's a, it's a hardship you've selected for yourself, and you know, um, maybe just try and live a little longer than that. But but it is like at least something's different, like. Uh, someone who drives an Explorer and someone who drives a Jeep are experiencing the same goddamn thing, except for the Explorer actually has an engine that's suitable for the vehicle, whereas the Jeep got that fucking little tiny bitch engine. <laughs> well, that's not entirely true because at some point in their life cycle, Jeep became, now this is probably not a good example, but it kind of took on a Xerox Kleenex type thing where Jeep was a brand, I would imagine, right? first or no i don't know but once jeep the company started making non-jeep mm-hmm. like you can't do the fucking salute in a grand cherokee like, <laughs> I, I and, I'm, and i'm positive some people do yeah and, yeah oh, you, you have like a fifty thousand dollar suv uh, next interview month i want to talk for an hour with someone who does the <laughs> jeep salute in a grand cherokee <laughs> jeep salute <laughs> i guarantee you because oh. the initial bonding factor was that we're off-road guys, you know. We're out there, yes, taking on the weekend, getting in, getting dirty, you know, getting muddied up. When you take it in for a car wash, <laughs> you're getting your goddamn money's worth. That's right, you know. The, yeah, the guy's like, you're clogging up the drain. Yeah, not I have a backup camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the thing, I you know, I also want to push back slightly on something you said, which is, uh, I think that if you are not crotch rocket guy. Um, and I think because that term, unlike the term for um, maybe the Asian vehicle that makes the similar sound, uh-huh. I think crotch rocket's still in play, although that might be toxic, toxic masculinity. Yeah. I think guy like my dad who just goes on seven-hour or two-day Harley ride, I don't actually – I would bet you that that death rate is not higher than just driving a car. I think it's guy who goes 120, goes off. Like, I bet my, my dad at no point has ever been concerned with the speed of his motorcycle. Nah, that there's no way that's true. I don't know. I think we underrate how many people die just in normal-ass death box cars. No, I, I do not. Uh, it's an extremely dangerous thing. Honestly, I, I kind of feel like I should be treated like one of the troops for how much I... <laughs> How much Laying time I'm spending line. on the road? <laughs> All on the line for the uh, community and the country. Yeah, especially whenever you consider like which troops, like the ones that are like defending Germany. Uh, I think I'm definitely running more risk than they are. Really, no doubt about it in my mind. Like the ones who are defending Germany now? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say, because some of those boys back then had a pretty rough life. I'm saying, like, I think that we have a, <laughs> a large military presence in Germany currently. What you're doing right now, what you're saying is that you're more of a troop right now than Mike Soroy was when he was in the Air Force. Absolutely. <laughs> no question. There. One of my all-time favorite bits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he had been able to fly, maybe. You know, that then then I'd say he's rocketing in front of me. Right. Um, but uh You're commandeering your didn't. steed, he was servicing his. Yeah. Yeah, um, or someone else's. Yeah, rather. Uh, <laughs> he's getting plane cocked basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like uh, the fucking actual pilots just tossing the keys, like, right. "Hey, shine it up for me, big boy." <laughs> Why don't you wash my planes nuts? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope they have truck nuts on planes. Oh, there's no doubt that an American fighter jet of some has had some form of truck nut on it. I like Truck to imagine nuts, that whenever the uh, the 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 plane plane manufacturers turned in like the first fighter jet, they were like, uh, "It's uh, it's good because it looks like a dick." <laughs> Trump loves that. Going to be very fearsome to the uh, the opponents. Um, so you think that even just regular Harley guy? Yeah, like I mean, that the more of them are dying, it don't got walls. Yeah, but what about the argument? All that metal between you and the other vehicle is doing something. What about if you use the no helmets for football thing? 
Like that people are being more cautious around motorcycles because they're aware it's more dangerous? Or on them. Yeah, that's, or maybe uh, around them too. That's your only chance of uh, narrowing the gap, yeah. And, yeah. The, and we don't keep stats. And I, I, would, I would bet against that actually being the case, but uh, yeah, you're mounting an argument. I respect We it. could never know, though, because they don't, you know, like so many things in the social sciences, um, they fail to properly classify the data. So the guy who ends up 20 feet high in a tree... I bet the Nordics got this down. Because he went 140 on crotch rocket. He just gets grouped in with motorcycle. You know, I, I, what's motorcycle like outside of America? That's a great question. I mean, I've been led to believe that the triads are all over the Asian world just going balls out on crotch rocket. But like, is Harley guy, does Harley guy exist? I mean, Ducati is an Italian company. Okay, yeah, okay, um, that's a good point. Like all those I believe that BMW, if they don't now, made motorcycles in the past. They definitely did. Yeah. But did they sell them to Germans? I would think so. Like, I, th I think it was, like, way in the past, and they were, like, primarily a German company, but I could be wrong. I want to say that, like, uh, or it was, I mean, they, they started out engines, right? Like, uh, airplane engines. That sounds right. The logo, this is from uh, Finding Forrester. Excellent film. Uh, the logo is supposed to look like a pro propeller against the blue sky. That's the uh, the BMW. Oh, I deal. never knew that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think like in that era they were uh, they were fucking with motorcycles, but I could be wrong. I am not a uh, expert on the history of Harley Davidson. I'm also not a expert on the uh, history of uh, Volvo, but know a little bit more. Uh, my dad at one point told me because he, he he worked for Volvo like my entire childhood. Um, that uh, their deal was every time that there's an accident in Sweden, someone from the company like shows up like with the emergency responders, so that they can like catalog the data. So like what what you're saying of like uh, we gotta if only we could know with precision yeah. about the speed at which the motorcycle was going whenever it crashed or whatever. I think that like if motorcycles do happen in Sweden a lot, it seems like something Volvo might actually be tracking because they want to know every fucking thing you could possibly know about or you know vehicle safety. But then I wonder if that's all internal or not. You know, is yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're, they're probably not uh, paying those people's salaries so that a uh, fucking Fiat can find it out. And I know that it, I know that it's still popping in uh, in Latin America. Sure. And of course, because uh, you saw the motorcycle diaries. Of course, I did. I did. There was a time when I thought, "Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do all the South America on a motorcycle, just like Shay." I don't think you can get there from here, but that's always bothered me a lot. I'd like to. Yeah. Just fucking set out for. And, uh, uh, what's the what's the bottom of Chile called? Patagonia. No, or, the the Cape. Oh, uh, there's like Puerto Natales is where. I don't know what the Cape is called. That's a good question. We never got all the way down there too inhospitable uh yeah <laughs> couldn't couldn't hack it <laughs> no yeah we couldn't hack it cape horn that sounds right um man i remember i should fucking i should bring this beat back although i don't think my wife is feeling it at all the way that i am on this front but do you remember the like year-long period where i watched nothing but i survived oh yeah that's great Please do bring it back. Was, I'll, I'll watch it with you. There was a guy. There was a story. We live closer to each other now. Just you yeah, say the word. I'll, 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 little, I'll be over there. Yeah. Drugs and I survive. Just, just send me the text. She's asleep. It's time. There was, there was a guy on that show who got. I think it might have been Fark, uh, nabbed him, in trying to do something very motorcycle diary esque. Mm -hmm. And do you remember this one that he? To convince them that he needed medical attention, like jammed either a stick or a key like all the way up his nasal cavity oh. to where he didn't stop, like his face did not stop bleeding. And he told him, he, he convinced him he had cancer and stuff. He ended up living, you know, thus he's on I Survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a show called I Died. And that's what I always tried to tell people. I'm like, look, <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can be, you're, we're safe and sound here. This person is talking now. Through their story, they may tell you about yeah. 10, 12 yeah. other people who are not on the show today. But you don't have an emotional attachment to them. <laughs> right. You can't see them. There's a fucking name on a screen. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a great show. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh, one other thing about uh, why I would possibly be bike guy. Uh, 
the parking in, De- in Great Park is just fucking atrocious, man. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's like that in every single big city, but I think when a, not a big city, but in a yeah, big city. Back up there. <laughs> but in a big city where people actually do take bikes and walk a lot, I think a lot of those places have hand, actually have handled parking with garages. But if you're a small city that has a downtown with a dozen or two dozen places, you might actually like to go check out. We have a brewery right by my house. It's fucking sweet. There's nowhere to park. The brewery's okay, but if yeah. you try to actually hit Maine, I mean, I do. You're, you're screwed. I do go uh, to a place on Maine twice a year, or I used to before those fucking bitches just wouldn't stop hassling us. Had to break free of them chains. Um, what are you talking about? Talking about me and Dan's fantasy baseball draft. Oh wow, that's right. I forgot it took place down there. But uh, you watch I, me unlock my computer with my finger. <laughs> do I want to watch you? I guess the answer is no. Well, too late. Um, Scanned the old, the old pointer. <laughs> I just been uh, doing that all day. <laughs> I don't have to do anything else on the computer, but I'm just like sleep. Yeah, and sometimes I'll go. Um. Yeah, but uh, th- those would start at like ten thirty, so I'd, I'd get down there at like ten a.m. or something. Um, That's like the boringest time slot for a baseball fantasy draft you could dream up. Uh, I I don't know what to tell you, man. We're we're guys that like to have a good time. I I enjoyed those drafts. Committed to the craft. Just didn't enjoy them trying to nab players off our roster over ticky tacky violations. Did you guys basically do what computer recommended and? divest and start your own league like he wants the cowboys to do to get away from the draconian rule of goodell uh we haven't done that yet but maybe maybe we should talk with the cowboys about our fantasy team and and the cowboys could play each other that could be the league (laughs) neutral side series of exhibitions yeah um we'd go to them if they need us to okay uh but i i never had a problem parking uh whenever i went to those it was awesome that it's just free parking on the street but free uh, parking. But uh, that's uh, that's because I was showing up at ten a.m. and that that probably is your problem. Like people will tell you uh, that you should definitely charge for parking. Like it's the smart public policy decision, and it would uh, like the some amount of trips that are going down there now. Someone would be like, "Oh, well, I want to pay fucking five bucks to park in Grapevine," and they would stay home or find another way to do it or whatever it, it would work out for you person right. who was willing to pay for parking yeah and then they've got uh what's that shit called like uh dynamic pricing yeah yeah and you know the, then that goes into street improvements and stuff like that and improvements on the santa village yeah boy i gotta tell you uh that little week-long window like i actually i like leaving our christmas shit up in the house until january 2nd or 3rd i like the tree being up i like the garland what about the eighth uh the eighth's fine but it's sad in downtown grapevine the four or five day window because they go so all out and it literally feels like you're in like akron (laughs) like like there's just all these defunct yeah like Go like uh, old west uh, ghost towny field. Of- you're uh, you're living through the uh, the the recovery after the war on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean re- we're in reconstruction. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Hannity's troops have been defeated. Now they're <laughs> licking their wounds in downtown Grapevine, having to come to grips. Do you think uh, reconstruction is aptly named? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have raised my hand on that one and been like. So what's what all did we reconstruct? We sure uh, fucking Atlanta for one. Yeah, that's true. The courthouse got him. <laughs> Not just the courthouse, pal. Whole goddamn thing. Um, did you get any fake texts this week from uh, the government from the Pentagon? Did you see this? Did you hear about this, Kev? No, Boom. I didn't. Um, I can tell you that there are a couple dispensaries in Seattle that are running specials. Oh yeah. I just never like unsubscribing from them. I just like no. Oh, I, I do. I have to unsubscribe from Weed Maps and all that shit because it makes me too bummed. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's fair. I don't want to know about this. Although the Cowboys are in Seattle next year. There's a Organize Your Friends event for Bernie on uh, January 10th at 6 p.m. I got a text <coughs> about that. Never. Because <laughs> you don't have friends? No, because... I'm getting dabbed on you. <laughs> You did dab on me. <laughs> Not because Iran will have already erased uh, all you Bernie bros, but 
I saw this article today. This is going to be tough to top this in 2020. It'll be topped by next week is what I mean to say. But the U.S. Army having to put out warnings about fake text messages a la I need you to go buy as many Best Buy and Wingstop gift cards as possible telling people we have tried to reach you multiple times via email about your immediate departure to Iran via the draft. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fined and sent to jail for minimum six months for no reply. Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) Dude, and the funny part about it is, is that, you know, we always talk about uh, like the scam and the phishing is, is set up for old people. Mm hmm. Because it's just yeah, like the, <laughs> the lack fucking of seventy year old like, telling he's been drafted. Done with this, like <laughs> Vietnam War vet. Yeah, he's been shaking in a well, corner for three been decades, once four decades. He's like, I guess I'm just still in the database. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up at a rec- at a recruiter's office or at a base with a fucking respirator, and he's just like, I'm ready? I'm reporting for duty. I'm on my way. Yeah. I just yeah, I, I'm I'm I'm. My, t- my my entire week has just been enjoying war content. The memes are off the goddamn meters. The meme meter is broken. It's been a big week. This is all we can do, right? Just laugh at this. Yeah. I mean, or you know, you could go stop it. Uh not me, my neighbor's kid, right? Press for peace. What do you mean? Oh, I thought you meant going. That was David Cross's favorite or famous line. Yeah. And I'd gladly stand up next to her well not me but my neighbor's kid <laughs> he's uh he looks he's fit he's strapped yeah. he looks like he, he looks pretty hungry you do a great job <laughs> um yeah i don't know man you know uh seems like a tough deal i hope they work it out Dude, got got no no doubt our leadership will find the the smartest way through my brother was telling me the other night that uh like so he's been out for a couple years few years now but um that i, I don't know if this is branch to branch or if it's uh depending on your rank or whatever but that after his contract like the second contract he signed was up that's four years he has four years of let me see if i can find what the acronym stands for he called it irr like if they need him they can get him yeah uh shit and here's an article people are panicking about military draft stop uh draft stop loss and uh irr activation yeah uh individual ready reserve so the first step is like, as I would never say this, much like I would never use the term gay ass. Nor would um, I. Unless I was actually referring to possibly a gay person's posterior. But um, he was telling me the first thing they do is they call the weekend warriors, mm-hmm. which is what he calls the reserves. Yeah. Like the once a monthers. But if it's dire enough, which in 01 and uh, 03, they did this. They can anytime in that four-year window call IRR and they don't drug test you. They don't physical fitness test you. At least that's the way he understands it. Your hair's not like kept in check, which makes me think that like Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill are missing a real opportunity here yeah. for the buddy movie yeah. about Tehran. They've been out for like if they're one day before, right? Yeah, they're out. They're out at the bar doing bong rips and. I'm already uh, buying my ticket and to shots this movie. and shots of booze after being an elite fighting force, and then the next thing they know, they're on the chopper. Uh, there's probably some funny fart humor somewhere in there, you know. Yeah, but he was like, uh, so. Uh, oh, it was last night. Whenever the the bombing happened or the missile attack, and he's like. Guess I'm not totally out. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, dude. I don't think you can be fired. Like, I think your company has to retain you. Um, but I don't know how that all works either. So, um, well, I do. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't. Um, I had a movie idea. You want to hear my movie idea? Sure. Always. Do you, uh, you know, you know the the Verve pipe, Verve pipe song, the Freshman. I'm gonna figure you don't know any other Verve pipe songs, but you know that one, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I listen to that song a lot, you know, because it's great, and like I just generally only listen to guitar based music made in the 1990s. And riff raff. And riff raff. Those are the, those are my two big. Uh, I my my music food triangles just got those two parts. It's a pyramid. Uh, you're it's right. also a triangle, but yeah. 
Well, you you got it. In order <laughs> yeah. to be able to correct me, you understood my meaning. You had to understand my meaning. Um, and that song, I think I know what it's about, but I, I think it's uh, famously a bit mysterious. Like, clearly they're upset about something, but exactly the nature of that thing is always uh, kind of hard to understand. There's a line in there about uh, stopping baby's breath, so I, I assume that means that they did an abortion. Yeah, anytime there's an ambiguous 90s song with yeah. like slight minor keys, it's got to be abortion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on, on Christmas, uh, I played that and uh, Brick back-to-back, and then Megan you was like... aborted your child? Aren't both of these about abortion, and isn't it Christmas? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of message are you trying to send to the wise men? None. Just, just wanted to hear them. You should mock up a, a full Spotify playlist and share it with the people of all your favorite abortion jams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think those are the two big ones. But, yeah, but uh, keep digging. I'm sure yeah. there's something there. Maybe just go to Genius.com and search abortion, coat hanger, uh, bleach. There was all a, your favorites. There was a TC. an excellent uh, "You're the Worst" episode where uh, they were they one of the characters had taken on Ben Folds as a client. And uh, there was two separate times in the episode that he was like, uh, hey, if you do this for me, I'll tell you what Brick's really about. And then the person would be like, it's abortion. Yeah. And you're like, God damn it. How'd that get out? Yeah. Uh, uh, also, like, shit. Okay, so you're telling me, like, okay, yes, this is a joke. We're all we're making jokes here. It's okay. So do you think that – is it like, you know, a regular surgery, how they always make you get there, like, super early? Or – um, the flip side of what we're discussing here, whenever we had to be at the hospital at 4.45 on our delivery date, they really, on the day that you're aborting your child, make you be there at 6 a.m. So we can establish that, that we know nothing, right? That's that's the caveat for this conversation. I can confidently tell you that. So if I, if I make a confident pronouncement, everyone's going to understand that actually I don't know anything at all. You've had sex two times. One of them turned a woman gay. The other produced a beautiful baby girl. That's correct. Um, I think most of them are chemical at this point. You, you, your doctor prescribes you some pills. You take the pills. and At home? I think that it's still, you know. Pretty taxing on the what painful and harrowing yeah I, I don't mean to uh downplay it i i, I yeah. don't recommend it but uh yeah there, there's a, a weeds episode where uh glacius was talking to someone who um, uh your poop out. yeah baby. <laughs> yeah exactly, that was it you, whole episode <laughs> that's horrible because um, i think i might actually prefer to be at a hospital and uh i just don't want to be there at six this was actually like uh in latin america just like someone was reading the don't warnings. Like where this is headed. <laughs> warnings on the thing where it's like, you know, if you take this while you're pregnant, it could just kill the baby. And they were like, oh, well. That's sort of our. What I'm going for. Sort of our objective with this operation. And so they took a shot at it and it was effective and uh, safe. And I don't want to talk about this anymore. And no one enough. listening wants to either. Fair enough. But download TC's playlist. Um, but anyways. The Verve Pipe song, The Freshman, uh, got, so he, in the first verse, is kind of like talking about, I believe, him and his girl, because he's, because he uses I, um, when I was young, I knew everything, and she a punk who rarely never, who rarely ever took advice, so he's talking about him and her. Mm -hmm. uh, in the second verse, he's talking about uh, his friend, you know, the girl took a week's worth of Valium and slapped him. So both of them, so am I, am I to understand that we've got two couples both getting abortions because it doesn't say anything about uh the the second couple what the nature of their problem is i don't believe unless it's i mean th there's reference to a valium issue but i don't think that i, I think that they're taking valium to try and cope with something so my point is that we've got a song where something clearly negative has happened uh but we're a little sketchy on exactly what the details are in a way that uh to me uh begs a lot of questions and i think they film that just went about systematically answering those questions would be an interesting thing to have. And what what have we uh, got for us provided here beautifully? Don't even got to worry for one second about the score of the movie. I <laughs> think we get an orchestra in there and like take, you know, various movements of the song, elongate them out, just kind of, you know, play a bunch of stuff in that key. I think... Uh, think this could really be something that people would really enjoy so you're sort of you're looking to see if you can flesh out that new niche of a bora rom-com 
I mean, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's got comedy elements very much. You know, I think it's. Dark. I think it's a drama. It's a drama. Dark. Okay. This movie's just a drama. It's just about two two couples going through some tough times in their life. How do they make it through? They try their best, you know, but they're but they're just freshmen, Jake. Oh, okay, yeah. And you don't they keep and, going back to that part. They're very immature. And you don't play the full song. It's just like you're playing little snippets, like the orchestra version of like snippets until uh, closing credits. We just we just run the whole thing through. Okay. So you kind of tease them the whole time, then the credits roll, and they're like they get the the release but you might if in the event that you did need other and see this is really just a workshop here of different treatments of this idea you know it could go a number of ways um like it could be you know a situation where if you needed other songs the first couple they're talking about it and uh you know they're they're pretty bummed out and uh they meet up with some friends but also they had been talking about theirs this other couple that they know and then they meet up and then uh, they're sitting there, and it's really awkward, and no one says anything for a minute. And then both the females at the same time look at each other, and they're like, this is horrible, but we have to have an abortion. And then you hear, but I won't. You make my dreams come true. And it's sort of a rom-com of them sort of getting into wacky situations over the next little while. That's not the direction I would take, no. Well, thank you for not taking green, my meeting. Not not green lighting that, that project. Whatever I'm hearing pitches for my uh, untitled uh, Vervepite freshman project. But I have a boombox here with all the notes on it. Sure. And I pressed play the second that my little... Get out of my conference room. I have a storyboard. <laughs> oh, my computer's locked. God damn it. <laughs> let, me, let me take care of that. Oh, right there, right now. I don't know, dude. I'm pretty much in the mode of no longer watching sad shit anyway, so I probably will skip your movie, but I'll buy a ticket so that you get a little... Thank you. Mwah, little yeah, kiss. I appreciate that. Um, I can't stop thinking about the draft text, but I guess I don't really have any more on that riff. Yeah. <laughs> text stop to not die. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did have, did have a slightly... The message uh, and data rates will apply to you falling for the draft i had an earnest message i wanted to deliver can we have an earnest moment here camp africa halloween camp what does camp mean uh oh. fourth of july god damn it shut <laughs> the fuck up uh mine's in the film mode here now so i'm sort of <laughs> i'm tracking comedy um, tracking a little slapstick i don't know i i i feel like this is a uh, a good forum for uh you're you're welcome to join in but i, I don't want to put any pressure on you but I, I i would like to get out uh my mike reiner thoughts to this uh this audience that uh that is also cares about mike reiner and uh this one might actually um give a shit about how you or i feel about it and uh you know here, here we are with this opportunity um so yeah i don't know it, it's been weird, like where people will talk about their remembrances of him, and then someone will say like he's not dead, and that was a common thing at uh, at Excel, where you know you, you would you would talk about someone who was about to leave in a way where you were talking about as if that they were like had cancer, and someone would be like, oh well, they're not going to die, and I'm like, well, fucking impact on my life is exactly the same, you know, like yeah. uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, I I think that I will see Mike, but it. It, it, it'll be and but that that would put me as uh like what the privileged few most of these people are not going to see him or experience him too much in the future and you know the, like the fact that he's around doing stuff is great for him and i'm very very happy uh but like you know it that doesn't really change that the impact that he was having on their lives is not going to change so i really don't think it's that inappropriate to uh to talk about him as as if he had passed give the remembrances in uh in that in that, that kind of light um, but, uh, I don't know from, from the time that I showed up, like a lot of the people's personal recountings of their relationships with Mike include notes about how he was kind of a tough nut to crack. And I think that Danny, I mean, even the first time Danny talked to us in episode eight, uh, for some reason that the topic came up that, uh, Mike has, has become a much warmer person over time. And that's the Mike that I met. Uh, the, the second that I met him, as, as far as I can remember, uh, he was super cool to me. And I think that just 
with everyone, if you kind of see an element of yourself in someone, you, you, you're, you're inclined to, uh, like just whenever you kind of can sense a, uh, kindred spirit, and I think I'm giving myself a huge compliment here and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm just, I'm trying to say, uh, or explain why, you know, Mike was so cool and why I really enjoyed, uh, the, you know, working with him. Like I, I feel this with, uh, I don't know if this analogy works, but I, I feel this with Trey, you know, of like, I, I look at Trey and I'm like, there's, there's a guy that's like me. And it's weird because I always kind of think of him as like, uh, you know, um, like a, a mentor mentee kind of thing. But like, I think we're the exact same age actually. So I, that's probably a preposterous of me. But anyways, I, I, I look at Trey and I'm like, there's someone who I, I'd like to, uh, you know, help out, take under my wing, cool guy. And I, I, I feel like I get, his whole thing you know I, yeah. I i get his uh his spot in life i i identify and i i feel like mike had kind of a similar thing that that was all the always the feeling i got that he was like you know there's not a lot of people like us in the world and whenever we encounter each other we got to stick together like no one else is going to look out for this kid uh because you know people don't look out for fucking oddballs like that and so the only oddball here is going to have to do it. And I, I felt like in the first year that I was working there, that that was uh, what, what he did a lot, you know? And uh, Dan had his story of um, being invited to Mike's New Year's Eve and turning it down and then having a lot of regret. I have a similar story, but I feel like uh, it was clear enough how it worked out that I've, I've never been tortured by it at all in the way that Dan was talking about. But there was uh, the first, like... I think I'd been working. I mean, I started there in September. So that November, uh, I was like, you know, working away, typing on my computer and Mike walked over and, uh, told me that if, if I didn't have anywhere to go, that he and his family would love to take me in for Thanksgiving. I remember this. And I was incredibly touched, but was like, my family lives here. Like they're all alive. (laughs) You just assumed. You're just going to be with them, man. Orphan aura that you were giving (laughs) off. Yeah. Like just kind of, I just had, you know, the, the feeling of a a hard scrabble, you know, surely based on uh, his face and demeanor, his entire family's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah. And I don't know. I, in that moment, certainly had like a thought of. I'm just gonna tell my parents I can't come. <laughs> yeah, like fuck them. But I, I don't know. I feel like probably the correct play is uh, just, just ever and celebrate with their family. And I thought he would understand. You know, yeah. like I thought that what was going on here. I feel like I would have been a little bit of a liar. Like I, the thing that I was worried about, the reason I said no was that I just figured if I said yes, that halfway through that there would be some kind of question about my family to make. No, they're uh. They're having their own dinner 30 minutes from here that I was invited to, but, uh, you know, no further questions, please. Yeah, that might have made you seem, seem even weirder. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, he just uh, always been incredibly cool to me, and above and beyond that was amazing on the air. I I loved, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm with, I'm in the uh, the Dan camp of, uh, that I, I found things about him that I enjoyed up until his, uh, his final moment, you know, like, uh, I, I think that occasionally there'd be, uh, moments of tension of like, uh, you know, like the, the like times where it, the biggest thing is that he would make like, uh, intentionally dumb jokes. And I think that Corby and Danny had had quite enough of those. And I never did at any point. I, I did not run out of, uh, enthusiasm for super dumb jokes. So uh, I'm going to miss him. I certainly hope that he does more shit. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that some kind of a weekly Mike Reiner podcast would be fucking amazing. Oh, and, yeah. You know, like of him talking to his, you know, pe- people in his media circles and band circles and, and stuff like that. I, I, I certainly hope that happens. Uh, I, I have no idea. I have not like, you know, I, I don't have like uh, inside information on this or anything. I'm just imagining things that could possibly happen and so, you know something like that i assume that the man has uh, you know i mean you're not just gonna like uh, take all that brilliance and not share it at any point so i hope that there's plenty of things like that and I, I'll, I'll certainly be uh super down for him and i just i, I really appreciated his career and his uh his his actions towards me so we have know. him on here once or twice twice right i believe it was just once well that was a really interesting listen if you never heard it and I, mean, I think that he's going to get a million requests like this, so I don't really want to bug him like today, but we should definitely have him on like a month from now or something. Yeah, if he would do it. I mean, he, he gave us like an hour and a half one time and yeah. talked about Dallas in the 50s and 60s and 
it was a lot of stuff I didn't know. And just hearing him talk through it, like hearing him talk through anything else was magical. And I, I agree you guys have a kindred spirits on to a degree. I mean, I felt a somewhat a degree of that, but less. But even oh, I think I think he likes you a ton, dude. He always made me feel that way, even after, you know, like the time won. But I just there's just you're never gonna meet anybody like him. Yeah. It's just there's just very few people whose brain is put together that way, uh, who also don't take themselves too seriously. I don't know how to put it. You know, but there's just, I've never met anybody like him and, you know, probably never will. So it's very weird. You know, it's weird. It's also kind of one of those things where, like, and I guess it's like this with your, if you're, you know, to use your uh, point about treating somebody like they passed away. I think it's one of those deals where, dude, I think even if your parent is in like hospice care for, I think for most people, it doesn't matter how much you think about what something will be like when it happens, it doesn't change how weird it feels when it happens in the in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, when you're that old and you've been working at a job that long, obviously people and also people who work with you and around you start thinking about, I wonder how long this person will do this. And it it just doesn't matter how, how much you think about it. It's never going to be the way you think it was. You Basically... It boils down to human beings are completely incapable of preparing themselves for anything emotionally. Yeah. Like, for example, do you think if you thought every day about how bummed out you would be if something happened to your wife or daughter that you would handle it better when it happened? You'd no. probably handle it worse. I mean, I I feel like I attempted with my grandmother, like that I, I knew where this was heading. And so like when we got there... It, it was still difficult, but it was... Okay, let me rephrase it. It was considerably more like... I, I feel if like I did kind of prepare myself if there's somewhat. A, a month or two lead up and you know that that time is coming. Yeah. But if it is, some, if it is something that's at all sudden, yeah. which even though he was as old as, as he is and he's been working as long as he has been and people in their late 60s retire, even if you'd been thinking about this will probably happen in the next, let's say, three to five years just because that's when people retire... That's not like sudden, sudden because you've considered it because it's temporal, but, but it I, I still, still feels was, pretty sudden. I was blown away. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fucking. I it's don't know. insane. I was I was in the middle of Uber driving and I like I gave like I don't know two more rides and then was like I I can't do this like I just got to go home and think about it. It's sad. It's sad for us. You know, it's sad for everybody, and not to make it about anybody you know, yourself or me or you, but I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not sure that anybody has had a bigger impact on the way I see things in my life than him. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really hyperbolic, but I can't really think of anyone else outside of a parent. And yeah, even I mean, he, that he just might had such be, a strong worldview, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was one that you wanted to try to emulate but you also don't want to be a complete vulture, so you take what you can from what he is, and you yeah, try and kind to... of watching him be so exceptionally himself, somewhat made me want to emulate him, but also just made me want to be myself. Yeah. you know, like like I that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like the, the, you just you just see how great it is to just embrace like all fucking quirks and whatever, and just and you're just like well yeah it's it's not that i want to use his phrases it's that i want to not feel bashful about mine and just you know say my shit and whatever you know definitely well yeah i i have no doubt that he will probably give us time at some point it might not be a month but i think at some point he'd be very open to sitting down with us cuz he's always been very cool to us uh you want a couple more quick hits i'd like to talk about mike mccarthy oh really you don't like the Cowboys anymore? I don't know. I mean, I do. Let's I'll, I'll let let's hear what you got. I just I'm, I'm I think I'm pretty good with it. I'm a lot gooder with it than I was when they first announced it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'd say I have warmed to, but whenever it was now, I mean, you know, we we talked about that name specifically on the podcast, right? With I I kind of had that as like my minimum viable hire, like. If you want my approval, you need this or better. And I think it's just one of those deals where it's not even necessarily that I was evaluating the hire. 
as much as I was thinking there has just been such a bland, repetitive nature to being a fan of this team for most of my entire life as a teen to an adult. And I was, I guess, foolishly hoping for something that even though it might be less certain, and maybe even in my mind, if I really sat down and thought about it for a few hours, less of a good idea, more exciting. You know, a little coach anal. <laughs> maybe it goes bad for everybody. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. We've been doing this other thing for forever. Of All right, the, I guess I'll go for a souped-up version of Missionary. <laughs> of, I mean, of the coaches they've hired since the last time they won a Super Bowl, I think that he's the clear number two behind Parcells. There's no doubt. And that, that that's exciting. There's no doubt, yeah. And even listening to his press conference today, which if you didn't hear, you should go back and listen to it. I did not, so I will. Because it's going to be interesting, man, because he... That was something I was thinking about. What a fucking... Like, for a team that's known... Like, and I don't know that the average person gives a shit about this, but the Cowboys are, are known for being hospitable and I yeah. towards the media. And I, I, I don't think that uh, other teams always just like let them on the fucking plane with the players right? and have just gone out of their way to do all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's wonderful. But like in terms of the actual doing your job and trying to write an article and you're going to need to put quotes in that article, like what a fucking shitty handed deal to them for a goddamn decade. Oh, yeah. I actually heard John Machado talking about this uh, on his cowboys athletic podcast the other day where he was like i don't go to garrett post-game press conferences like there's no point like i learned in like year two he's like so i'm happy but also kind of conflicted because they usually talk at the same time as jerry and now i gotta figure out because this guy might actually say something yeah and today dude i mean he was cracking fucking jokes like kind of taking shots at steven jerry like he's clearly very comfortable in his own skin like maybe to an alarming degree when he's sitting in between Steven and Jerry. I mean, someone asked him, uh, you know, I've heard you say that you watched, you, you know, how, how exactly how much NFL did you watch last year? And he's like, well, <laughs> these two guys, I, you know what? I might be able to do it if I worked on this. I'd say go for he it. He has like a very fat boy Pennsylvania aspect. Okay. Like he almost sounds like a sober old version of Bam. <laughs> I don't I was, know. Like, talking to these two guys here, and uh, I mean, they think I watched every play last year. That's what I told them in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> like Stephen and Jerry, are like, oh, a joke about lying to us. Like, <laughs> over your fucking grave, would you ever hear Jason Carrot <laughs> make Pulled a joke over on these dummies? He's like, oh, man, I told them I watched every play. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else was it? There was a couple other ones where, oh yeah, he's like, uh, somebody asked him about did Des catch it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, uh, you know, when Gene Steratore came over, I had one timeout left, four minutes left, and I asked him, state to me what the exact catch rule is right now. And he's like, in the way that Steratore told it to me, I threw my challenge flag because the way he read it back to me, what I was seeing, that was not a catch. He's like, you know, because uh, – <laughs> They had recently changed the catch rule because Steven's on the uh, competition committee there. <laughs> like, he's blaming fucking Steven for the <laughs> ambiguity of the catch rule. And it was awesome. I was like, that's great. Jeez, dude. Yeah. Like, and it's not that. Well, as well. Neither of those are that biting. Yeah. But it was just after hearing Garrett for so long and then making ki jokes about his kids. He's like, after a year off, uh, you know, I wanted, I knew I wanted to be coaching. And uh, Brianne wanted me to coach the. Uh, Wanted me to coach the sixth grade volleyball team? They wanted me to coach the Dallas Cowboys. Which one do you think I want to do? <laughs> oh, a joke about how bad being around your kids sucks. <laughs> like, uh, three for three. Yeah. Right, a bit of a heater right now. Yeah, I feel like I started warming up to it just whenever I uh, logged on to Twitter.com, and I feel like most of the, the, the takes against, they just seemed poor to me. The worst was they hired Garrett clearly not true i mean that is just fucking the laziest form of and i think mac ingle wrote one of them another one had it was in the text monthly that is just <gasps> you mean to tell me <laughs> that mac ingle had a bad opinion i mean you literally i mean i guess i you know i get what he's going for but in the idea that this guy has well, they're both nfl coaches yes in that sense but whether you're talking success demeanor or offensive style i mean Polar opposites, if we made both those binary things of Super Bowl or no, 
personality or no, or number one in first down rushes or number 32. And I, I know that everyone hates Garrett. Not I hate Garrett, okay? But contained in the uh, note in the press co- in the like press release saying goodbye of uh, hey you know this is a guy that got us real close to winning the division a couple times that one hurt <laughs> um that one hurt that does point to the fact that like we're just looking for it's not like they need eight extra wins every year a little bump they're looking for one or two wins ex- every year extra and they'll fucking kill it. So, you know, you, I, I just feel like being like, you know, well, this, this guy's like Garrett. Like if he's like Garrett, but like just a tiny bit better, uh, then, you know, it's, it's pretty good. And we'd be pretty happy with it. You're saying, so, you know, cut him some slack. Yeah. Garrett's, say, <laughs> Garrett's not, not a guy that uh, ran out two wins year after year after year. You know, it's not the fucking Browns. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like the amount of vitriol for him does not, uh, correspond to that. So the, whenever you say just another Garrett, it, uh, it comes across. I don't I, I just think that that's bad analysis. I, I, I just everything, everything I've seen negative said about him, it just kind of seems weak and hollow. And that, that starts, then I'm arguing against those. And then I'm starting to be like, eh, actually, I think I, I think I kind of like this. I hope Garrett takes over and well, never mind. Never mind. Uh, okay. That- Just there. There. The the final thing of actual analysis I'll say about it is that I think that they did kind of. I, I'm not like claiming credit for this, but I I think that they did embrace the general structure of thinking about how to go about picking coaches that I was endorsing. That like like them like Jerry's comments about the college coaches not having that high hit rate. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like is that you need to look about this. You need to think about head coaching candidates in a group of categories and you want to find the category that has led to the most success in the past. You want to find the surest bet. Because if you're if you're one of the uh, teams that can't pick whoever they want, that doesn't have people salivating over the idea that you get to coach the same team as, team as Tom Landry, um, you know, then then you want to find an exciting coordinator. Or if you're worried about budget, you want to find an exciting coordinator. But if you're just saying who's the guy that's going to give me the who's got the highest floor, that you know the the worst case scenario is the best outcome you know like uh, the you're looking for the best possible worst case scenario right and that is always going to be guys who have had previous success and they hired a dude who won a super bowl i think he's probably the least impressive coach to win a super bowl in the last i don't know while uh gary kubiak's worse but outside of that i i can't think of uh, a whole long list of names but still whatever like uh you know he's he's, he's the worst basketball player in the nba that guy's still going to smoke everyone else on like a pickup court um, you know, I, I, I like, I, I like their approach of thinking of what's the category of coach that we want. And then they found someone in that category who has a legitimately, uh, impressive resume. And you can certainly quibble with whether or not he is actually as good as that resume suggests, but I'm willing to try it. Dude, bring me, uh, you're getting, we're keeping Kellen, getting Joe Philbin on the O-line, Mike Nolan for defensive coordinator, uh, Jim Tom Sula on the D line. That's got, my big. And hire. you got bones. <laughs> I just, I just was worried that they were gonna have a staff that were eating each other's soup. Right. Constantly, just fucking spoons. You don't even know whose bowl's in. Uh, and then they got Jimmy here to kind of keep it, keep it defined as to whose whose who's bowl soup? of soup belongs. I don't even look at your soup. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just sitting, <laughs> sitting here eating my own soup. <laughs> Man hasn't had a bowl of soup in three decades. Jim Tom Sula. Yeah. He's never had another meal in three decades. That is a soup eating motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it depends. That's where we get into a really dumb Twitter debate of what is soup. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like, you know, he's... He's having beef stew every night. Dude. Yeah, is that a soup? Yes. Stew's a soup? I don't know. I don't want to... I feel like this is half of Twitter now. He needs to bring back the mustache, though. I didn't realize he'd taken it off. It was Yeah, seeing him on the Redskins sideline this year without it was unsettling. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, all right, I got a couple quick things for you here. Yeah, please. Um, we might talk... Might give our extensive foreign cover foreign policy coverage on the Patreon this week. 
I got some text. It appears like we will not have an expert, but if you want That's to talk okay. about it, we can talk about it. I don't it. want to I've talk too much articles. about it here. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah. I wanted to mention a couple things. Uh, then we'll get more. Mike, we got to get serious on the Patreon this week. Uh, last night, uh, did my normal tradition of firing up the 10 o'clock news at 1.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on a little, little, little break from dipping the quill. Dipping the pen, dipping the quill. Uh, I forgot because America has largely been bored with our wars for like, you say like 10 years now? Longer if you want. I forgot how fucking painful it is to watch local newscasters try to struggle through <laughs> reporting on and broadcasting yeah. on and providing context to foreign conflict. Like, just call in a professor, you know? Go down to SMU, shoot five minutes with the guy. probably not good on TV, Run though. two minutes of it, edit it, you know? Okay. Watching news in the... I think they're very plugged into what happens in DFW, you know? Sure. So when they talk about those things, it doesn't sound funny. But when we throw it over to the guy who last week was standing in front of McKinney City Hall to talk about uh, uh, a censured councilman, and he's going to try to explain to me, uh, because, you know, I've ranted on this before. It's always maddening to me. We talked about this during caravan time. Mm-hmm. Our, what happened? What happened to the caravan, by the way? Uh, Gone but not forgotten? Caused the downfall of American society. Grapevine needs to build a... Uh, memorial a memorial to the, to the, the success of beating back the caravan. Um, I, I've got a good idea where they could put it. Yeah. So it's maddening to me how little history and context you get when you watch the news, right? And again, this is mostly for later this week, but any it's bad on cable news. You know, people who are paid to be on there to talk about national uh, politics and international politics and foreign policy, but. It was weird when I was listening to WFA last night. Like, I didn't hear anybody mention the CIA overthrowing Iran's government in 1953. It was weird. It was, huh. like, it was like it didn't even it didn't even seem to cross their mind that maybe Iran hasn't forgotten about it's just the a last, hateful religion. Has, no, last, no foundation. Last seventy years of history that started with you showing up at their fucking prime minister's doorstep at two a.m. and trying to run him out of the country from. Grover Roosevelt or whoever it was that was in charge of the CIA. It doesn't seem that anybody's interested in mentioning any of this, and it's like whatever they took the uh, American hostages. Uh, it was it was from the embassy. They they attacked the embassy because they were concerned that uh, they were trying to run a uh, coup out of the embassy, and you just wonder where they might get that idea. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's funny how not. It's not even like uh, oh, America forgot. Like, most of us don't even know. Well, I can tell you. Uh, people in Iran did not forget <laughs> about 1953. Uh, it's sort of been one of their uh, animating foreign Ask policy Ask yourself tenets. if you've entirely forgotten about Britain. Yeah, okay. There's a good one, right? Like the way that we talk reverentially in the back of my mind about there. World War II or something like that. You know, we... If they'd had their druthers, if we didn't have fucking George Washington fucking knifing guys left and right, I'd be <laughs> having tea time right now. Wouldn't even be able to record this podcast. Mouthful of fucking crumpets. I know. And you know what? Uh, as a side, as an aside, disgusting to me. Maybe we could have kept Megan and Harry <laughs> if uh, America was still part of Britain. Yeah, because we, we would have supported her. You know, yeah. fucking marry it off. Yeah, really hilarious story that they're Amazing. quitting the royal family because I have no fucking clue what that means. Absolutely no clue. Can I tell you the funniest thing I read? And on- I just love that. Have you seen the the royal family coming back and being like? Yeah, maybe they can get out. I don't, you know, we'll see if they fucking behave good enough to get out. I love it because it's the greatest in-law flex of all time. To, like, re- <laughs> to release a press release? And just be like, mm, we're good. Like, it's kind of like you not going to your family's Thanksgiving, but just using Canada as Mike. <laughs> <Being> like, <laughs> yeah. We think this would be better for us at this stage of our life. Fuck yeah. you. The funniest thing that I have read on uh, Ticket Reddit or on Twitter about the prospects for what will happen to the ticket as far as hosting gigs. Uh, I was, at, at I was thinking you were checking ticket Reddit for Iran news. No, no. Analysis. No, I go to the ticket for that. 
Yeah. Breaking war news now <laughs> was someone said. Have something, they sent out any memos about just be ready? Be ready. See me with questions. <laughs> yeah. uh, the funniest thing that I read, and I mean like legit, I laughed out loud, was someone said something to the effect of, like, I just can't stand how flagrantly dumb Jake is. And someone was like, I don't know. He seems fairly well educated. Like, he researches his sports stuff. And someone was like, no, but he'll say things like, I don't understand how shoelaces work and mean it. (laughs) (laughs) Got you there, dude. Because, yeah, like if it's something like uh, the royal family, like today I said, I don't really know what they do. Yeah. Like, I legit don't. I have no fucking idea. And that, other, that grates a certain percentage of the audience. Other than, I guess, that they're essentially a nationalist propaganda tool by blood. You know what I mean? Like, they even describe themselves as, like, an entity whose purpose is to promote national unity and identity. Yeah. Which is a, basically, like, you just exist to to fire people up to be English. How do, how do I apply for that job? Right. Well, I didn't know you could quit it, so maybe you can apply for <laughs> it. But anyways, yeah, so uh, the Iran thing, um, the funniest thing that I've seen on this this week was uh, this this article about, um, I'm going to try to see who gave this, an Iranian cleric, Shahabab Maradi, said that Iran would struggle to hit back against the U.S. by striking a, paraf- a parallel figure like uh, Soleimani, because Soleimani was a real hero. I did see this. Whereas yeah. America only has fictional heroes, such as SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what are we gonna do? Fucking kill SpongeBob? Yeah. And then you <laughs> can't, know, can't kill. You know, it got floated in the meeting. Like, where at least one guy, and I will not do an affect here, <laughs> was like, uh, so is it based on a true story? Like, <laughs> is there somebody that he's a parable? Actor, is there yes. a parable? Yeah. Like who could we possibly kill that would make them feel like we killed their signal of national identity? I just go Sponge for Bob Dan. Square Pants. Go for Dan. Nah, but Dan was doing Patrick. Yeah, no. Sort of a collateral damage thing. I mean, would you say that Patrick is not a national hero? I'm positive that this transition is uh, translation is not uh, airtight. But in the clip, uh, the cleric said, "If Iran's listening, I did find uh, Ed Gallagher's work to be incredibly heroic." Wait, so you're trying to position yourself as someone that you want? Oh, you okay? Got it. You're playing, as Des said, you're playing checkers, not chess. Taking a couple steps ahead. <laughs> couple fucking, you're on the chalkboard yeah. up there. Got Trying it. to trick them. <laughs> I got it. Killing, killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> Cleric said, in your opinion, if anyone around the world wants to take their revenge on the assassination of Soleimani, and it tends to do it proportionately in the way that they uh, way they suggest that we take one of theirs, now we've got to take one of ours. Should we? Con- who should we consider to take it out in the context of America? Think about it. Are we supposed to take out Spider-Man or SpongeBob? They yeah. don't have any heroes. Yeah. I also want to say that I think the greatest piece of entertain of entertainment culture, our greatest artifact of the last 20 years was the revival of Roseanne show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I've always found her to be a personal hero. <laughs> Inspirational. Uh, yeah, it's just America wrapped up into one, uh, one blanket of a female. I uh, one night inhaled a bowl and then popped on Roseanne talking with Joe Rogan, and I, I recommend it as an experience. Okay, yeah, might have to check that out on the way yeah. home. Uh, and then my last story here for you is um, from this weird corner of the internet that we like to to peer into. A woman in Colorado this week was arrested for attempting to kidnap her child who had been removed from her custody. Mm -hmm. Now, she had been removed from the mother's custody after the child told police and child services in September that her mom had gotten into some conspiracy theories and was, quote, spiraling down it. Okay, yeah. The woman and her band of QAnon warriors Mm -hmm attempted to kidnap this woman back 
they believed that uh, the daughter had been taken as part of the celebrity sex cult. And I'm telling you, man, one of these people or several of these people is going to get killed over this shit. And it's going to be categorically hilarious. I think at the point where they're dying, it is not going to be hilarious. That's where it stops being hilarious. It's hilarious right up until then. And I, I would say that I feel like I can see that coming enough that it's, it is sucking a little bit of the hilarity out of it for me. Man, that's basically a suicide. It, it, it feels like, like what, just whenever I saw that, I don't know. I don't, I, it, the degree to which I was not surprised to the way that I took in everything about that absolutely crazy story and was like, yes, that makes sense and fits with the previous things I knew about the world. Whenever you're having that reaction to that story, like shit's going in a bad way, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. And if, if I learn that there's fucking 30 people dead and it's related to some QAnon thing, uh, that's going to make total sense to me. And that's, that's really fucking bad. Okay. Well, if you want me to laugh alone, I will. <laughs> okay. I'm used to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm used to it. Uh, so I guess we'll be it off the record next week, right? Uh, yeah, I let's, think people should come to that. Let's check out that Mavs calendar right quick. Please do. Uh, we appear good as golden. Yeah, I think he said it's a road, road, game. road. So let's do it. We'll be at where are they uh, playing? Uh, Golden State. Okay, we can have that on in the background. All right, we'll see you next week. Good times. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.